Today we talk about God is for you. You got to know that God is for you. I mean, if he's putting these things in your heart, they're starting to tingle. You don't have a clue. I know. It's okay. But ask God. You know, a lot of you are like, I don't know what God's doing, but man, he, he's been telling me this for years, and I, I just know it's time I got to do it, but I don't know how. Well, don't look at me. I don't have the answers. <laughs> I pray with you. I agree with you. But God's got the answers. See, God's going to show you. God's going to open the door. It may be one person at a time as you give this card to somebody. That may be the opening. That may be the crack in the door. That may be the chance that you all of a sudden you step through that thing into whatever that thing is that's tingling on the inside. I love that song that we sing, Oh, How He Loves, because it says my heart is beating violently in my chest. Isn't it like that sometimes? When you're standing there and God's speaking to you and he's showing you those things, your heart just starts going like this. See, I believe that you're about to see the mighty hand of God move on your behalf like you never have before. In your life, in this church, I mean, I really believe it. Pastor Pam shared on Wednesday night, and I would encourage you to get online and, and check that out. It's, it's a message that she shared that, that was about being divinely defined in your life. You are divinely defined. Have you looked back and seen all the pieces and parts that seem so out of place and so strange, only to look back now and go, wow, that was quite a puzzle that God has put together? You know, in her life, she shared a bunch of stories and a bunch of things. And many of the stories she shared, I don't know that she's ever shared before. So if you want to know just a little bit more about Pastor Pam and Pastor Bill, you need to get that from Wednesday night. If you're visiting with us, Pam and Steve Falls are right down here. Steve will have some stuff for you. If you're visiting, he'd love to meet you, see you after the service. He's got that message, actually, from Wednesday night and today's to give to you. So I would encourage you to get it. Listen to it. Find out. You know, the fact that she ran into the same woman three strange separate opportunities, Madeline Manning Mims, a gold medal Olympian who just happened to be sitting next to her on a plane after God began to open the door for her. And, you know, Pastor Pam, man, she just shared her heart. This is what God's doing. And she said, I believe that's God. And then later, as she's dragging us to this track to run, and she exercised and walked, and we just kind of, of course, were nagging and being wonderful children who were nothing but encouraging to their mother. <laughs> Here came that lady again. See, out of the blue. See, these are all those divine appointments, those divine meetings, those chance things, and maybe somebody's like that for you this Easter. I think we're always looking for us. Maybe you're that in somebody else's life. See, I think too many times I'm looking for somebody to maybe, you know, I'm looking for the talking donkey in my life. Maybe you're the talking donkey in somebody else's life. They've been telling you you've been a talking donkey your whole life, so just go with it. And then again, she gets married to Bill. Now, these things didn't happen within a week. They happened over years. She gets married to Bill, and they run, she runs into her again. You know, I mean, these points, these moments, these things are important. It says in Psalms 37, 23, the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. You've got to know that God is for you. You have to know that he has ordered, he's ordered your steps. He knows who you are. He knows what you face. He knows where you're going. I think sometimes I don't want to walk in those steps, but if you don't walk in those steps, you're never going to get there. You're never going to be there. Psalms 139, you know, it's the, it's the one that says, you formed me in my womb. These are scriptures really that Pastor Pam shared. It says, Psalms 139, 13 says, for you formed me. You formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I'll praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows you very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. It says, you, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they are all written. The days are, the, your days are fashioned for you. 
You're de- all of this is true. You were divinely created and put in this earth for this time. Defined, or defined you know, if, if you look at defined and then you define it, I don't know if you can do that or not, but I did, and Pastor Pam did. So it says, to state or set forth the meaning of, to explain or identify the nature or essential qualities of. See, God knows all about you. He defines you. He said who you are. He said who you are. So you got to know. I mean, if he made you, if he put those things, he said this is who you are. And so we talk about cause. We talk about passion. We talk about all those things stirring on the inside of you. He's for you. You don't have a bigger cheerleader. So you don't have a bigger encourager. You don't have anybody who's more on your side and loves you more than Jesus. Well, I've done a whole lot of things. Well, we've all done a whole lot of things. We've all been through a lot of stuff. We've all gone down that road. We've all been in those places. Wherever you find yourself, I'm telling you today, he is with you. It says as you walk through the fire, you're not doing it alone. As you walk through the water, you're not going to drown. He is going to be there. He's going to be with you. It's Isaiah chapter 43. It says, but now, and this is from the Message Bible, it says, God's message, the God who made you in the first place, Jacob, the one who got you started, Israel, don't be afraid. I have redeemed you. I have called you by what? Name. See, he knows your name. He knows who you are. He doesn't go, what was, see, like me. See, I take after Pastor Bill. Like, he's put this on me now. I don't know how he did it. But, you know, we used to laugh because Pastor Bill would get everybody's name wrong. I thought it was really cute. Don't, don't, don't think that's cute. Because now I get everybody's name wrong. So if I have messed up your name, I apologize. It sounds a lot like Pastor Bill. You know, I mean, I even messed up the baby dedication last week because I got that name wrong. But God doesn't get your name wrong. God doesn't turn around. Jesus doesn't turn around and say, okay, I'm interceding for you. You know that guy? He goes to the second service. He sits over there by the door. And he, and he always, you know, he's got a, you know, it's, it's that guy. God, what's his name? I can't remember. See, God doesn't do that. God says, I, you know, I'm interceding for that guy who sits by the door. See, I'm interceding for Buck. Because he's over there, you know, he knows it's Buck. He doesn't go, oh, it's that guy. He likes to drive buses. <laughs> See, it says, it says here that God knows your name. It says you're mine. When you're in over your head, I'll be there with you. You may be here today and think, I'm drowning. I'm struggling. I can't make it. He's with you. Well, it sure doesn't look like it. Hey, open up your eyes. Open up your heart. He's with you. He knows your name. He calls you out by name. He calls, he calls you by name. He says he knows all the numbers of the hair on your head. I mean, that, that's good stuff. Less and less all the time, huh, Brett? You know, it's all right. I'm sure you can count the ones in the sink, but, you know, it's, it's all the ones on the head. It's, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. The ladies told me it, 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 I'm getting a little back here. I'm thinking, I'm fine. She said, well, that was 10 years ago I told you you weren't losing anything. Oh, it says when you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be the, the, the dead end. If you find yourself today between a rock and a hard place, it's not the dead end for you. That's the best place. That's the best place for you to be. He's the one who designed your life. He's the one who made you who you are today, and he is for you. See, Joe, Jesus rode that donkey into that city because he was for He did it because he had you on his mind. Each and every one, he was thinking about you. He knew who you were. He said, I'm doing this for Pam. And as he rides in on that day, he's thinking, man, I love Pam. And I, I mean, I'm going to do this for her. I'm going to do this for Kelly. I'm going to do this for Steve. I'm going to do this for Brett. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do, do this. I'm, gonna, I'm doing this for you, Mike. Determined, see? And he knows your name. 
He knows where you are. They're going to go through something, but they, they, need, they need this. See, he took those stripes and he took those beatings and he, he shed his blood and he gave his body so that you could be healed. Because he said, I, I, I know there's going to be a day when Pam's going to need my healing power in her life. And so I am going to the cross because I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to provide that for her because I love her. So that's what Jesus, that's what Jesus did. It says he's the one. It says, think about this. Wrap your minds around this in Isaiah 46. This is serious business. Take it to heart. Remember your history, your long, rich history. It says he is God, the only God that you've ever or will ever have. Incomparable and irreplaceable he is in your life. From the beginning, telling you what the ending will be. He knows who you are and he knows who you're going to be and he determined who you're going to be in the end way back from the beginning. See, it was, way, it, was, it was determined before time what was going to happen and who you were going to be in your life. It wasn't like he messed up that day. and he, It wasn't like he made something up off the cuff. He, he knew that. It says he determined your end from your beginning. He put inside of you that seed of faith to get you from the beginning all the way to the end. He has all those measures. He has all those pieces. He has all those gifts. He has all those parts. It's not an accident. He's for you. And he has, get this, this is Pastor Bill speaking, not me, so don't get mad at me, get mad at him. He's done everything he's going to do. Right? I mean, he's done, that's what, that's what we've been, to, you know, he, he I, you know, now that doesn't mean he doesn't move on your behalf, that doesn't mean he doesn't open up doors, that doesn't mean he, but those are all done by faith. See, that's, he's not going, he's not going to all of a sudden now climb back up on the cross. See, he already did that. That was the best he had. That was everything that God had. He sent his son to down the cross so that we could have everything. Well, how do you receive everything? By faith. You have to do it by faith. How do you get to the end when you're in the beginning? By faith. See, he's the one who provides all those things for you. He's the one who makes the way. It's his grace that gets you through. It's his grace that takes you. See, we said it today. If your grace is like an ocean, then I want to drown. Why? Because his grace is his unmerited favor. It's, it's the thing. It's that liquid. It's that thing that makes you go. It's that thing that allows you to do what you have in your heart. It's that thing that propels you to speak to that person. It's that thing that in your heart makes you want to give this to that person next door. I don't know why, God. Why me? Because I picked you. I designed you. I knew you were going to go to that house and knock on that door from the beginning of time, and I've put faith in your heart, and your heart's going to beat hard, and your hands might be sweaty, so wear gloves. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, you don't want to give them, like, this wrinkle. <laughs> Have you ever done that? Like, you try to go give them this piece of paper, now, and you've got all the ink. It's all over you, man. And it's like, God loves you, and you're like sweating, you know, just profusely. I but see, he knew, being the, being the, that's who he, that's, that, that's a day. There's a day this week that God has designed you for. There is a day, there's a moment, there's a person that he does because I, I didn't know. I was in service on Sunday morning standing here, and Elizabeth said that, and God said, make two tickets, give it to everybody next week. I said, well, that's kind of late notice. <laughs> Corey's kind of busy. <laughs> well, then you better hand scrawl 400 of these things because you're giving them out. <laughs> God talks to me maybe a little different than you. <laughs> I can be cantankerous. Why? Why? Because God has designed you. God knows there's somebody this week 
Who needs? What's going to happen here on Sunday? What's going to happen on Sunday? I don't know. But I bet it's going to be good. We're going to talk about follow him. After we talk about he is for you. But what you have to understand and realize, just like I do, is that he knows your name. He knows who you are. He is for you. And it's his grace that covers you and has made the way for you. His grace. You have to believe that there's going to be a way. Isaiah chapter 43, 18 and 19. Now, this is the one that says there's a road in the wilderness and a river in the desert. And you probably get tired of me saying this, but I, man, I'm telling you, this is the truth. I believe it with all of my heart. How can I not, how can I not talk about it? How can I not say it? I feel as though over these last three months and in the next month or so, I, I am encouraging you and cheering you on. Why? Because I believe, just like I said in the beginning. See, I believe that you are about to see the mighty hand of God move on your behalf like you never have before. That things that you have been believing for, crying out for, are about to come to pass. That when Jesus came into that city, the people were excited, see, but they had no idea of the scope of what was about to happen. See, we have an idea of what he did now. We understand what he did, and we have some small inkling of the scope in, in, which, he's, in which, which he acted, but do we really truly understand the scope of how he wants to bless us? See, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm, I'm, I'm just encouraging. I am encouraging. I am encouraging. I am encouraging. I'm the cheerleader, I guess, with no skirt, of course. But I would like some pom-poms. Please, no, I've got some. Don't, don't go bringing me pom-poms. I'll have my whole office full of pom-poms. I'm learning what to and not to say. Apparently, Mentos. Bring me Mentos. That's what Elizabeth said. Next time you preach about something, I preach about those chocolates. I got like chocolates everywhere. I got thousands of them. They're raining chocolates all around me, those little round things. So she said, well, talk about Mentos next time. Because, you know, I mean, you got to Mentos and I don't know, that Coke. But it says in Ephesians 43, if you read it in the Message Bible, it says, I'm the Lord, the Holy One, the Creator of Israel. It says, I am Lord who opened the way through the waters. And he talks a little bit here about what happened as they, as they came across the Red Sea. Making a dry path through the sea, I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all of its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned their lives, snuffed out like the smoldering candle wick. And we say, oh, that's great. But it goes on and it says, but forget about that. It is nothing compared to what I'm about to do. See, we know the story, we know the history, but that's nothing compared to what he's about to do. Not here, not in your life, in your life, in your situation, in your circumstance, in your job, in your provision, in your body, in your family, in your... See, who does he know? He knows your name. He knows my name. He cares about us that much as individuals. Who can separate you? Who can separate you from his goodness, from his grace? See, you serve the God of no way. You serve the God of no way. When he tells you something, you go, no way. And he goes, yeah, exactly. You tell somebody else what God said, and they go, no way. And you're like, I know. Don't go, really, no way? Ah, uh, don't do that. See, you serve the God of no way. When you can't go another day, when you can't go another moment, he can. And he does. So when you feel like it's over, when you feel like your strength's depleted, he finishes that up. It says in that place, he loves that place because you're weak and he is made strong. It says your strength doesn't make him stronger. Your weakness makes him stronger. Why? Because in your weakness, then he has an opportunity to act if you allow him. It's his grace. It's his grace. It's his grace. Romans in chapter 8, 
It says, who can separate you from God's goodness? Pastor Pam shared about it on Wednesday, so I don't think we have to go through it today. But 31 through 39. It says, who can separate you from that? In the end, if you read through that, it says, nothing of this phases us because Jesus loves us. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, on a higher, the lower, the thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. See, nothing can get between you. Nothing can get between you and that. The only thing that allows something to get between there is when you let go. And we said last week, don't let that shame, don't let that stuff, don't let that sin in your life keep you from embracing who he is. Because it's in that moment, it's in that embrace where there's nothing between you and him that he knocks all that stuff off of you. It's his grace. If you read in Romans in chapter 5, it talks about his grace, his goodness, and how the offense came through one man, how condemnation came through one man, but grace. Oh, but grace, the goodness of God's grace came through, see, came through the one act, came through, came through Jesus coming down that street on that donkey, all the way to the cross and off and in and up. The grace, the excusing from the offense, the exonerating from the offense, the taking away of the death, sin, and the grave. See, all of that came through his act, through his grace. See, his unmerited favor, his undeserved blessing. It says in Zechariah that the mountains are going to be made a plain with shouts of what? Grace, grace. Grace, grace. Not you, him. And you say, but, I, but, I, but I, I've done too much. I can't make it. I can't do it. It's, it's impossible. If you look in Matthew in chapter 26, it says, Now Peter sat outside. I'm going to show you a video. It says, Now Peter sat outside the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him, and this is right before the rooster was crowing. And Jesus had already said, You're going to de- deny me three times. He said, No way, not me, man. He said, Just wait. The lady of the girl said, You're also with Jesus of Galilee. It says, but, but Peter denied it before them all, saying, I don't know what you're saying. And you can come today and say, I, I've done some things. I've been involved in some stuff. I got some things that I just don't, you know what? I've got some, some, some guilt. I've got some condemnation. I've got some things of the past. I know he's forgiven me for some, but I've got this thing, see? And we all have this, this thing that the enemy continues to bring back. We've got this idea that says, you're not worthy. We've got this idea that says, yeah, 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 but not that. See, last week we said you can't manage your sin. Why? Because it just keeps coming. The devil keeps, that's why he holds you in that place. You can't, you can't do that. It goes on and it says, but he denied them. He said, I don't know what you're saying. And when he had gone out the gateway, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, hey, this fellow was also with Jesus. But again, he denied it with an oath. He said, I do not know the man. Whew. Now this is, this, I mean, this, I mean, this is, this is, see, Jesus is, I mean, this is, this is all going, Easter is going down. I mean, this wasn't like six weeks before. This wasn't two years before. This wasn't, you know, just meeting Jesus. I mean, this Easter was going down at this moment. Jesus was, he was in the process of laying down his life for this guy who said, I will never deny you. I'll give out all the tickets. I'll never deny you. Not me. Uh Uh-uh. But then as you go back through here, it says, I don't know the man. Don't let the devil talk you out of what he's about to do. And it said, and a little while later, those who stood by came up and they said to Peter, surely you are also one of them, for your speech betrays you. 
Then he began to curse and he began to swear. And he was saying, I don't know the man. Cursing and swearing, which we can't do here. But I'm sure you do. At times. Pastor Pam does. No, that time on the phone, when the phone fell over, that was an accident. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just teasing. Sorry, you can't turn on Pastor Pam on Palm Sunday. That's not, sorry. That was Pastor Bill's joke, remember, years ago? Anyway. No, she doesn't do that. I'm just, it, sorry. Someday, ask Pastor Bill, he'll tell you the story. It was accident. Grace, thank you, Thelma. I love you. Thank you, Thelma. Grace. Ah, beautiful. You can say anything now. Just get Thelma to yell Grace from the back. It makes it okay. But it said after, he said, I don't know the man cursing and swearing. It said immediately the, the, the rooster crowed. Immediately the rooster crowed. And he remembered. So now, through all of Easter, see, through all of that week, through all of those things that are going down, through the crucifixion, through all that, now Peter has this thing, he has this weight. Well, what separates him from that weight? What takes that thing off of him? It's the grace of God. And it takes those things that are, that are totally unforgivable and it makes them what? Forgivable. See, if you've struggled with grace, if you've had an issue with that, if you've been carrying around something and the rooster's been crowing for the last two years of your life, the rooster's been crowing... The rooster will shut up if you'll understand and live in grace. Allow God to take that thing and separate you from it. He believes in you. Because many times we say, surely he's given up. No, he hasn't. That's what Easter was all about. Him not giving up on you. Him not quitting halfway. Him not saying that it's not worth it. What he does is he encourages you. It says in the word in Hebrews 7, 25, that, that, that he is there and, and he is ever interceding. The message says earlier there were a lot of priests for they all died and had to be replaced. But Jesus' priesthood is permanent. He's there from now to eternity to save everyone who comes to God through him, who always is on the job. Jesus is to speak for them, to make intercession, it says in the New King James for us. He's constantly, see, not only now has he done the work, now is he is encouraging you in your acceptance and belief in the work that he did. See, he didn't stop at the cross and the grave and now sitting at the right hand of the Father. That's when it all just started for him. See, he could have stopped halfway. He could have given up, although it was hard. He could have given up when he was out of strength. He could have given up when he was tired. He could have called down all those angels, but he said, no, I'm not, I'm pressing through. Why? For me and for you. That's what he does. It says in Romans 8, 34, that he makes intercession for us. See, get past your, get past your rooster crowing. Get past that thing that the devil, get past that thing that stops you, makes you want to quit. Get past that stuff because the devil can't hold that against you because of grace. He said, what did he say to Peter? That's grace. It makes the unforgivable forgivable. You're totally forgivable. Well, everybody's held it against me. Everybody's not Jesus. Jesus doesn't hold it against you. I don't care if everybody in this earth does. Jesus doesn't. And that's what matters. See, he is there to encourage you. 
He is for you. He is your biggest encourager. He may not do it like this next video, but I'm telling you what, he is encouraging you. You can make it. You can. See, I am here to tell you, he is for you. And you can do more than you ever thought. You can do more than you feel like. You can do more than what you think you can do. Have you ever been pushed past what you thought? Have you ever wanted to quit and then two years later realized that you went past the part? And that really wasn't the tough part because you really want to quit now. (laughs) Right? In this next video, see, listen to what this guy says as he challenges this young man because I believe that part of what we've done over the last bunch of weeks has been challenging. God's been challenging us to rise up. God's been challenging us to take hold of our cause. God's been challenging us to, to, to live in this passion. God's been challenging us to move past who we are. God's been encouraging us that our sin can't keep us back. God's been telling us that his grace is sufficient in our weakness and that he is made strong when we are weak. Our, see, he's been doing all of these things for us. Why? Because we are about to face, like I said, we are about to face a day where we're going to see God be bigger than we've ever seen him in our life. And we're going to need the encouragement to continue because we almost quit. See, you almost quit a long time ago. Maybe, maybe you've been here, the rooster crow, and you quit. Get up. Don't quit. See, don't quit. You keep going. You keep go- I'm going to keep telling you, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Yes, you can. Yes, how are you going to do it? I don't know, but I know you can. I know God will show you. I know he's going to. See, you can turn it on like that. Why don't you stand up We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.